Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Great Eight graduation service tonight. We are very happy that you are here. We had a very good graduation last evening with the Grade 12s, and this is the special one dedicated for our Grade 8 students, and there are a lot of happy, smiling parents and grandparents, and that's encouraging because you've seen the success of your student, your grandchild. Uh, that's a very special thing tonight. So we want to welcome you all warmly tonight, and I would ask you please now to stand as our graduates come into the meeting. Let me ask you to remain standing, please, for our opening hymn. If you take your bulletin, be an example. Let us sing to the Lord's praise tonight.
Please be seated. <clears throat> we'll commit our meeting now to the Lord in prayer, taking a moment to still our hearts as we come to ask our Lord's presence with us. Father, as we come to this special service tonight at the conclusion of another year, we give thanks, Father, for the mercies and graces that have been given to us new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We're thankful, Lord, for the young people that have come to this stage of their education. Thankful for the skills and talents given to them. I pray, Father, for your very clear blessing on each one of them in their families among their friends. Let them be an example, a testimony, and a witness, Lord. Do a great work of salvation in each of their hearts. Do a great work showing them the way they are to go in their life, that their lives may be a difference and make a difference to others, that the Lord Jesus would be magnified through their lives. O oh God, hear our prayer tonight. Come near and bless every part of our service. Be with everyone who will take part. Bless the valedictorians as they will give their speech. And we pray as the word of God is shared with us tonight, that that would be a word specifically for each one in this meeting tonight. So hear our prayers, Father. Receive our thanksgiving. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We want to welcome all of our parents, family members, teachers, guests, and of course our grade 8 graduating students behind us tonight. And I see former teachers as well. Very, very welcome. Welcome to our first indoor grade 8 graduating ceremony in three years. And it is our first grade 8 ceremony that is not shared with the grade 12s. We used to always have a joint grade 8 and 12 ceremony. But it's really nice to be able to have one that just honors our grade 8s tonight. So this is a very special evening for us. And students, you have come to a notable milestone in your life. Ten years from junior kindergarten are now behind you. An elementary school is finished, and now you move on to a whole new phase in your lives called high school. Tonight, we congratulate and honor you for reaching this notable achievement. You have worked hard, and behind me here are your diplomas, which commend you for reaching the first major academic milestone in your education, your grade eight graduation. So I am going to ask you now, grade eights, if you will please stand. Okay, 
and come down. And I'm going to ask our Vice Principal, Mrs. Zablocki, to help me in giving the diplomas. And Dr. Saunders will be giving out specially engraved Bibles to each of our graduates. If any of our students have reached an overall average of 80%, it will be read out that they are receiving their grade 8 diploma with honours. Ayanfe Agbalese with honours. George Armanios with honours. Trevor O. Young, with honors. Joy Lynn Barbet, with honors. Natalie Carey. Renee Cheng. Eliana Cherical with honors. <laughs> Jerome Choi. <laughs> Johanna Dean with honors. Jia Tong Andy Han with honors. Aviel Hassan. Michaela Kulathangam with honors. Ella Flau. Alexander Logaritas with honors. Michael Springer. Ariella Thangaraja with honors. Marissa Townsend. And last but not least, Joshua Undetti. At this stage, our Vice Principal, Mrs. Zablocki, will come forward to, be to bestow some special awards for those that have reached the top in certain subjects and deserve extra recognition for their dedication and excellence. Thank you, Mrs. Zablocki.
Thank you very much, Mrs. Saunders, and good evening to everyone. It is so wonderful to see you all this evening, and what a happy occasion. It has been a real pleasure to watch this group of young people grow up over the years, and it is an honor today to be able to um, recognize them as they graduate. We couldn't be more proud of their success this year. This class rose above all the obstacles of the past few years and did their best to finish strong, and we are thrilled with their results. God has blessed each of these students with special gifts and talents, and everyone is to be congratulated on graduating from grade eight. But some students have gone above and beyond, and we want to recognize them tonight with some special awards. The first award is the Academic Achievement Award. This award is given to the student with the highest overall average in all of his or her subjects. The recipient of this reward has gone above and beyond in every subject. Her excellence and dedication is to be commended. So with an overall average of 89%, we present this award to Ariella Bangaraja. The next award is the Sportsmanship Award. The Sportsmanship Award is given to the student or students who not only have strong athletic ability, but even more importantly, have developed good character. This is a student who has a positive attitude and encourages everyone on his or her team. Tonight we have two, three actually, recipients of the Sportsmanship Award. For the girls, there are two recipients. Please congratulate Joylyn Barbe and Michaela Kulathongan. And for the boys, please congratulate Ayanfe Agbaliz. The next award is a fairly new award at Whitfield. Uh, and it's only the second time we've actually ever handed it out. It is called Excellence in Learning Skills. It recognizes the importance of the learning skills because learning skills are the key foundational skills for learning in any subject. You see them on the front of your report card, things like responsibility, organization, and so on. For his excellent collaboration and leadership, we award the Excellence in Learning Skills to Alexander Logaritas. Yeah. 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 
The next award is the Exceptional Improvement Award. Many students show improvement as the year goes on, but this year we would like to recognize a student tonight who has shown exceptional improvement all year long. All their teachers agree, all his teachers agree, that he needed recognition today. So the recipient of the Exceptional Improvement Award is Jerome Choi. This award is for excellence in mathematics. This is awarded to the student who has excelled in all strands of math and has achieved outstanding results all year long. This year we have two recipients for this award because they tied with an absolutely incredible average of 97% in math this year. Okay, and so I will call down to the front Ariella Thangaraja and Trevor O'Young. in computer. The next award is for excellence in computer. This award is given to the student who has worked diligently in computer class all year long. The student was not only successful herself but also helped her peers to be successful as well. Please congratulate Johanna Dean. for one minute because our next award is for excellence in art and Johanna who has earned this award not only has a natural talent for art but also has showed diligence and determination in every art class congratulations Johanna <laughs> music now music the next award is for excellence and improvement in music. It is presented, the excellence one is presented to the student who always pursues excellence in vocal or instrumental music and music theory. This year we're not only giving out an award for excellence in music, but also for the student who is the most improved in music. And so there are four students who will be coming down for certificates in music. First of all, for excellence in instrumental music, congratulations, Michaela Kulafangam. Congratulations. For excellence in vocal music, uh, congratulations to Trevor O'Young. Mm -hmm. 
for Most Improved in Instrumental Music, congratulations, Eliana Cherico. Most improved in vocal music, and for someone who has worked diligently to learn to read all of those notes, congratulations, Ayanthe Agbaliz. Uh, the final award in this category is a new award. Uh, we've never had the opportunity to award this before. No one has been deserving of it before. But this is a very special night tonight. We would like to um, uh, have an award called Outstanding Enthusiasm. This award is for demonstrating enthusiasm and energy in every class. The teachers have truly appreciated the students' genuine, genuine enthusiasm for even the most difficult courses. His energy is boundless, and while he is learning to direct his energy in right ways, his enthusiasm brightens every class. The student is quick to answer difficult questions that no one else would even risk answering. And then he not only answers the question, but sometimes goes on to pretty much teach the entire lesson. <laughs> Saves us teachers a lot of work. <laughs> when this student is absent, his presence is truly missed. And I am delighted to award the Enthusiasm Award to Andy Hahn. award is a very special award. It is uh, the Howard Saunders Award. It is a monetary award donated by the Saunders family in loving memory of Mr. Howard Saunders, Dr. Saunders' father. Mr. Howard Saunders was a founding member of the Toronto Free Presbyterian Church and one of the original members, board members of the school. Members of the school board, yes. <laughs> I have a special connection to him, not only because I knew him from church, but um, in the early days of our school, the board members would come into the classroom to make observations of the teachers and then report it to the rest of the board. And I remember the day when I heard that Mr. Saunders would be coming in to observe my grade three class. Hmm, I'm very thankful that Mr. Saunders was kind in his report to the board. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> the Howard Saunders Award is given to the student or students who demonstrate industry, initiative, and exemplary citizenship in Whitfield. Several students in this class fit this description, 
but the recipients of the award today have risen above his or her peers. This year, the award will be shared by two students who have shown great enthusiasm in all classes. These students have worked extremely hard and have been a constant encouragement to others around them. These students have been recommended for this award by all of their teachers. Please join me in honoring Michaela Kulafangam and Joy Lynn Barbet. Now it comes time for the valedictorian. The grade eight student chosen to be our valedictorian this evening and to speak for the grade eight class is Ariella Thangaraja. <laughs> you know that Ariella has won the Academic Achievement and the Excellence in Mathematics Award, but what you may not know is that this girl does not ever boast. She is a humble student who is always willing to help anyone in need. And through the years at Whitfield, we have had some students with great struggles, and she is always the first one to go over and to help them. I'm delighted to welcome her to the podium now. So Ariella, please come and bring your valedictory speech. Good evening to all the staff at Whitfield, to all the families and friends of the grade eight graduating class. My name is Ariella Thangaraja, and I'm honored to be able to talk to you on behalf of the grade eight class. I was told that since yesterday was the grade 12's graduation, that I have a lot of time. So my speech is around two hours. I hope you don't have any plans tonight. Today, Friday, June 24th, 2022, is the day that we, as a grade eight class, celebrate our past accomplishments and prepare ourselves for what is to come. In other words, we're graduating. But before we get to that, I would like to first start by giving thanks to God for bringing us here today. All glory and honor to him. For 10 years, we have been preparing for this moment, and now we're here. I would like to give a huge thank you to all the teachers who have helped make us the people that we are today. I was trying to find a great quote about the impact that a teacher has on a student's life. I found some great quotes about how teachers motivate, inspire, and challenge students. However, what I realized is that the teachers at Whitfield are all that and more. What sets them apart is their love for God and how they demonstrate his sacrificial love to their students. I guess the best place to start would be at the beginning. I still remember the first day very clearly. 
running to the JK line after finishing the welcome in this very spot. I'm not even sure how I managed to run because my backpack was bigger than me. I remember our very gigantic class of six students. You'll be glad to know that four of the students are still here today. Thank you to Mrs. Nabitko, who made our first year at Whitfield amazing. You gave us the grounding we need to kickstart our time at Whitfield. Thank you to our SK teachers, Mrs. Pappas and Mrs. Johnston. I still remember the fun we had at circle time and all the great arts and crafts we did. Thank you to Mrs. McCourt for teaching us in grade one and grade six. We had the privilege to be her first full year class at Whitfield and her last class in grade six. We enjoyed all the delicious treats we made with you in class. Thank you to Mrs. Zwier for teaching us in grade two. We enjoyed your amazing science lessons. I still remember the fun we had acting out the different particles in the states of matter. Mrs. Newell, thank you for teaching us in grade three. My fondest memory is listening to the delightful stories you told us about missionaries. I was truly inspired by the story of Amy Carmichael. Thank you to Mrs. Ijadola for making grade four a blast. In grade four, we felt like the giants of the primary building. The next year, I remember all of us being excited about finally getting lockers in grade five. Thank you to Mrs. Zablocki for helping us transition into the junior department. Thank you for your gentleness and kindness towards us. We learned very quickly that we had to behave and do our best. Otherwise, we would not get a marble and we wouldn't end up getting a class party. I mean, who doesn't like class parties? Thank you to Mrs. Buller for an amazing grade seven year. We love the fun, creative, and educational games we played in your class, especially Jeopardy and the Mystery Games. Thank you, Mrs. Bentley, for being our grade eight teacher. I love the devotions you did with us. I learned a lot. The devotions of the names of God resonated with me. I especially like how you connected the names of God with the firsthand experiences you went through. I would also like to thank all our Rotary teachers from this year and the previous years. Ms. Jew, Mr. West, Mrs. West, Mrs. Olson, Mr. Michael, Mrs. Springer, Mrs. Lanting, Ms. Scares, and Mrs. Elliott. Each of you has made an enormous impact on our lives. Thank you for encouraging us, pushing us to be our best, and most importantly, being very patient with us. A very big thank you to Mr. and Mrs. Saunders, for being spiritual leaders and leading the school with such dedication and excellence. Thank you for the great testimony. Thank you to the members of the school board for your godly leadership and making Whitfield a great school. Thank you to all the admins and the rest of the staff at Whitfield. Thank you for all the work you do behind the scenes. Your dedication and sacrifices are greatly appreciated. On behalf of the graduating class, I would like to thank all our parents and guardians. Thank you for putting us in a Christian school. I know it is a sacrifice from your end, but thank you for helping us get a good education rooted in the word of God. Thank you for making us lunches and snacks every day. Thank you for driving us to school no matter how tired you are and picking us up from, from school. Thank you for encouraging us to press on. Your love for us is cherished. Thank you also to grandparents and other relatives 
for your continued prayers and support. All teachers that have taught our class know that our class is two things. We are extremely competitive, and we love candy. Thank you to all our teachers for giving us games to play to fuel our competitive spirits. Thank you for enduring our screaming and yelling while we tried to convince you that the other team was wrong, and we deserved the point. Thank you for the teachers for giving us candy, for making our lives a little sweeter. I'd also like to thank the teachers who listened to our constant persuasions and brought us baked goods. We really enjoyed them. Please don't stop just because we're in high school. I would like to give a heartfelt thank you to Mrs. Bentley. We were, even though she was going through a lot physically, she still came to school and taught us. We're immensely glad that she did, and we know that God will bless you for it. Thank you also to Mr. Bentley, who came and taught our class for the last part of the year. I'm sure Mrs. Bentley had wonderful things to say about our class, so you probably wanted to see for yourself. Who doesn't love our class? I mean, no offense to the other classes. Mr. Bentley, we certainly enjoyed the games you played with us. Looking back, I think that some of my fondest memories have come from school. I still remember our grade five field trip to Cedar Park and the amazing time we had there. More recently, our ski trip and our treetop trekking trip. In both trips, we were able to show off our strength and endurance. Those memories will be cherished forever. In school, we had the privilege of having an impromptu first aid class by Mrs. Lanting. I'm now ready to help anybody who needs my help. At least I think so. I still remember setting up a lemonade stand in JK and seeing the lengthy line in front of us. I was so proud of myself and my peers. I remember going to Nielsen Park to play in the park, running through the sprinklers and our big water fights that would take place between the boys and the girls. The girls would always win, right girls? This part was the hardest to write, not because we didn't have enough memories, but because we had too many. I knew that I would not be able to get through all the memories we had made without dragging on for too long. I would like to thank my classmates for making these past school years some of the most fun and rewarding moments of my life. I truly cherish all the friendships I have made at Whitfield. As we have finished elementary school, and in a few months, we will be getting ready to start something new. Starting something new could be a bit nerve-wracking, but I know with, that, with the support of our loving family, teachers, and God's strength, we will be able to face high school head on. During grade eight devotions, we had been talking about God's faithfulness. Through the past 10 years, he has been faithful in helping us through all our difficulties. Whether it has been the pandemic and the difficulties of online school or something different, God has been faithful to bring us through it. In 1 Thessalonians 3 verse three, it says, but the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Grade eights, even as we leave elementary school and enter high school, I pray that you will always remember that the Lord was faithful then and he will be faithful now. In closing, I want to remind the graduating class and everyone in the audience, we all have decisions to make. The greatest decision you will ever make is to surrender your life to Jesus, to receive him as your Lord and Savior knowing that he died for all our sins. The amazing truth is that Jesus did not remain in the grave. He rose again, and because he lives, 
we can face tomorrow. We shouldn't worry about our wants, but about our needs. And we all need Jesus. If you have not made the decision to ask Jesus to be your Lord and personal Savior, I would encourage you to do it today. Our school's verse is Matthew 6, verse 33. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek God first, and then God will undertake for all your needs. Even as we all start a new chapter in our lives, remember to seek God first, and he will be with you through it all. Thank you. I want to thank Ariella for that excellent speech, and on behalf of the teaching staff and the administration, we want to thank you for your very kind words, and uh, we really appreciate uh, what you said tonight. We are delighted to welcome three of our grade 12 graduates from last year who have just completed their freshman year at university, one here in Toronto, one in Manitoba, and one all the way down in South Carolina. And we are delighted that they're able to come. They are Stacy Joseph, Rebecca Weeb, and Elizabeth Olson. And just before you come, I just would like to pay a special word of thanks to Mrs. Kula Thungham, who did incredible decorating in the hallway and had the then and now pictures of the graduates done. I know she doesn't want any special recognition, but she spent a lot of time doing that. I think we need to give her a clap. Thank you. Not I. 
Good evening. Sometimes uh, when a valedictorian speech happens, we can just go home after. Um, I am going to give a slight challenge to many of you here this evening uh, that should just be in keeping uh, with a little bit of what we heard. Uh, And the thanksgiving that was there, right, is true. She thanked the teachers and we thank God uh, for what he has done and that we are here this evening. It's because of his goodness, his grace. And so on your uh, little programs, it says challenge to the graduates. This evening, I'm going to try and hit a few more of you in the room uh, with that challenge before ending with my challenge to them. I'm going to just pray uh, before I open some scriptures to us uh, and share a few thoughts. Dear God and Father, thank you that you are good, faithful, and true. We thank you for Jesus, his finished work on the cross, death, burial, resurrection. I pray as I I share a few things from your word um, that it would be you uh, who speaks through me, uh, that anything I shouldn't say I wouldn't, uh, that you would open hearts, um, that you would would really work in this time, in this place, Uh, And that if there's anything that as a result of this evening needs to just be addressed and looked at, that it would be. And that you ultimately would receive all the honor and glory. In your name, amen. I've spent the year uh, as the grade 12 homeroom. Which means all my devotional thoughts, all my ideas have actually been about looking at scripture through the context of leaving of next steps, of going out into the world, of what comes next, how to deal with different situations. So all the Bible stories I've done with them in devotions have been through that lens. But it hasn't really been mentioned that this year's grade 8 class, as far as it has currently stood, uh, with my last bit of information, you're all returning. Which means you're not yet being sent out, which means I can't reuse any of my devotions from this year. So I was wrestling it through with uh, Mrs. West, and we talked through a few different uh, parts of the Bible that might be an encouragement and a challenge, uh, and, and I wanted to do several, but there's just not time. So Samuel tonight. 
Samuel's an interesting story, and I have never preached or really shared on Samuel. Uh, So there's some hard parts to the beginning of his life. The Bible's very real and honest. It doesn't really skim over anything. It says it like it is, and that means that sometimes we get some parts that, that make us cringe a little bit. But Samuel's life begins with a mother praying for a child and wanting to dedicate that child to the Lord. It says in chapter 1 of 1 Samuel, when she finally has the child and, and she brings him to the temple, for this child I prayed, and the Lord had given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He shall be lent to the Lord. And he's left there at the temple. It's a sacrifice. And sending your children here may be a financial sacrifice. It might be a travel and a time sacrifice. It may be a bit of extra effort. It may be a little bit more of a fight in the morning to get them here. It's a sacrifice. But there's this prayer, there's this heart. I, I, I thank you, Lord, for this child, and here I bring them. And it seems like that should be the best place for Samuel, right? To have brought him to a temple, to have brought your child to a Christian school. That means everything's going to be okay. If only that was the case. You see... Eli is the priest of the temple. And Eli's two sons do not follow the Lord. We'll get to that. As Samuel's mom brings him there, she has this perspective, this thing uh, that she prays after, right? She dedicates him there. And then we actually see that from the home life, there is this heart, this perspective of who God is. And, and the first challenge to you as parents is that we are actually in this together. Whitfield staff, your children who you entrust to us, we are in this with you. Whether you are a guardian, a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, we are partners in this together. And that's very important. She says this in chapter 2 and verse 2, There is none holy as the Lord. For there is none besides thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more exceedingly proudly, let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. She has a perspective as she brings her son to the temple of who God is. She says at the end of this, He, that is God, will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, For by strength shall no man prevail. Which does not really line up with the way that this world indicates there is success. Uh, And Samuel's mom and dad, they go home and the child ministers in the temple. We're going to see later uh, that the fact that the child was there did not mean the child knew the Lord. The fact that your child is here, we we desire for them to know the Lord. We want them to know him as Savior. But he he just served there at this time. He was dropped off. And and we have this knowing the Lord point that comes along in chapter 3. And it's the most commonly well-known story, uh, possibly from the early life of 1 Samuel, where Samuel hears a voice in the night 
calling to him and he goes to Eli several times and says, you called for me, you called for me, you called for me. And Eli finally realizes, oh, this child is hearing from the Lord and and says, the next time you hear, go lie down and it shall be if he shall call thee that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant listeneth. That's what we want here. We we don't want your children to come to us as great mentors, great teachers, great people. We don't want us to be the ones they come to. We want to be able to say, The Lord. The Lord. So that they can say, Your servant to the Lord. That they can follow Him. That they can know Him. We hear just guides here pointing partners with you. The safe environment, though. I don't want you to be misled. I love Whitfield, and we try to make it the best place it can be. But I am sorry there is no perfectly safe place for your child while they live here on earth. And Eli has two sons that do not follow the Lord. And they are there. This can be a challenge in so many ways. It could be a challenge to us as teachers. It could be a challenge to you as parents. It could be a challenge to all of you who are here tonight. You can be in the right place. And you can miss hearing the voice of the Lord. And you can do your own thing while you're in a good place. Parents. Eli eventually rebukes his children. They're so far down the path. He waited so long. Don't wait. Have a conversation with your children who are here. Engage them. It may be hard. It, it really might be. And, and it's probably not going to be one conversation. I can almost guarantee you that as a teacher. That if there's things I wrestle through with students, it's multiple times. It's going to be the same for you at home. In that partnership, it's not going to be a one-time thing. But that's okay. That's, that's okay to do that, to have those hard moments, to have those hard conversations. Because you don't want to ignore it and one day realize, oh, I should have had that conversation a long time ago. They're stepping up into grade nine. It's a training ground. They can start to get involved in more and take ownership. They're, they're already smart. I hear them in the hall. They are sharp. Don't let them fool you at home. Don't let them give you no answer in the car ride. Okay? They know. I hear them. My music room is right outside the grade 8 room. I hear them going to recess. Sharp as whips. So if you're not getting an answer, that's just because they're not talking. Push a little bit more. They'll talk. You just might have to sit there a little bit longer. We had the grade 12 grad trip. I went and sat at the back of the bus. And I waited. And the questions came. And they had things they wanted to talk about and things they wanted to wrestle through. But sometimes it just takes sitting there, waiting to have that conversation. They'll have it with you. It's important that you have it with them. Graduates, I am getting to you. 
it says that Eli's sons did not know the Lord. There's no guarantee that because your children are here, they will know the Lord. But I can guarantee you that if the Lord is calling to them, we are pointing, and we are doing our very best to say, answer the Lord. Over and over and over again, they hear throughout their time at Whitfield that to know the Lord is the most important things. We want to train them. We want to educate them. As Samuel grows up and becomes a man, there's, there's a lot of time he spends in life dealing with different people. And he has a long time where he gets to deal with Saul and, and he sees life happen. But the next part of Samuel's life, after he's kind of served in Israel for a long time, he grows up from this point, is he has a moment where he meets a young man, a young person, when he's anointing the new king of Israel. For Samuel 16 says to this, Samuel, who didn't know the Lord, right? And all of us can, and there's been fancy awards given out tonight, and good moments of academic success, and sportsmanship, and enthusiasm, and all sorts of things. And maybe you were mentioned, and maybe you weren't mentioned tonight. And, and yet, God has something to say that kind of goes beyond this, because this is exciting, These are things we as humans have perceived. They're honestly true things we've perceived. We're excited to reward you for these things that you have done. But God says this, and this is really important. For the Lord sees not as humans see. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks at your heart. You can trick us. You really can. But God, God sees you. Sees you at recess, sees you during the summer, sees you at home, sees you in the car. All those moments sees you, not who you pretend to be, not who you put on. He sees you. That's good because it it pairs with this next verse I want to share from the New Testament, Romans 12. Says, I beseech you, I, I plead with you that by the mercies of God you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service if you know Him, your servant. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable, the perfect will of God. And in verse 4, it goes down to say, For we are as many members in one body, and this is written to the church, but if you know him, you are part of a church community, are all members not having the same job, role, purpose. God sees you as an individual. He sees your heart, but he also sees that you are uniquely you. Just because you do or don't get an award doesn't change your value system that God has for you. You can use that. You can use whatever that is in serving him. But it's so exciting that God sees you. Sees both your heart, but also the fact that you are uniquely you. And that's that. That is so thrilling. I want to share uh, with you one more thought from... Timothy. Timothy is a common one. If you show up to a youth group thing or an event, you're probably going to do a book Bible study in Timothy at some point. It's going to happen if it hasn't already. 
Uh, And one of the most famous verses in Timothy is this. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. As you take the step from grade 8 into grade 9, you may think, I can coast for a while. Why? You're smart. You're aware. You have heard the gospel for quite some time. You can get involved in leadership roles. You can get involved in a student prayer meeting. You can be an example to those around you. It does not need to be you always trying to hide and skirt under. You can actually step up. And some of you have already, and that's exciting. That's really exciting. But here Paul writes to Timothy and says, don't, don't just like think, ah, I, I'm okay because I'm young. No, sometimes you will make us awkward as adults because you start to step up. That's okay. We'll embrace it. We'll adjust. We'll give you opportunities to grow. Because when you come here and your parents have brought you to this school, they have partnered with us and said, we want our child to know the Lord. They, they are saying, give opportunity for growth. And so we want to see that from you as you come here. I wanted to share so many stories, but I need to close. But Ruth is this Old Testament story that just gets to me all the time. Naomi is Ruth's mother-in-law. And life has been hard. And and she actually sends away one of her daughter-in-laws from coming back to a good place. But Ruth fights through and says, no, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. There's a lot of time right around grade 8 where you're ready to leave. You're like, no, I don't want to go back to Whitfield, Mom and Dad. Or you might discourage it for others. I can tell you, you could go out into the world and you could have a testimony for the Lord. That's great. There's tons of examples of people who do that. Okay, If you leave, you can have a testimony for the Lord. But right now, you have the opportunity to come here, be nurtured, be trained, embrace that, step into that. There is so much excitement that is available to you that we have for you. We want you to grow. We want to equip you to be able to have a testimony for Jesus. And so yes, Whitfield is not perfect. The temple was not perfect when Samuel was dropped off there one day. But he had parents that came and visited, and his mother would bring a cloak. And his parents would go home and pray. And they were blessed. And Eli wasn't perfect. Neither are the teachers here. But we will point your children to Jesus. And you, you have this opportunity to step up to pursue the things of Christ in an environment where you will be supported to do so. It doesn't mean that everyone here is doing so. Eli's sons were older. It would have been hard for Samuel. He would have been a little bit confused. We see through his life that he chose to be a servant of the the living and true God. That's our prayer for you. In closing, Ephesians 6. Children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with 
promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We have a mother who prays for her child and dedicates him to the Lord. We close with an instruction to fathers to instruct. And you may just be a mentor, an aunt, an uncle, a grandfather, a grandmother, but you may have that role, that opportunity to invest into those that are here. Dear God and Father, we thank you for Whitfield. We pray that you would receive the honor and glory that the lives of the young people here uh, would be such that they would be servants of the living and true God, that they would follow you, that there would be a joy in that, in knowing you. In the good moments and the bad moments, when they feel they're the only ones and when they're surrounded by friends who are also pursuing you, I pray for them. I pray that you would guard, protect them, and that they would ultimately know you as Savior. In your most worthy and precious name, Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Romans 5, verses 1 to 5 say, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Lord, as I seek your for the day I find my thoughts unyielding confusion crowds my way but then when I bow to you the challenges you guide me through your promises are ever new I claim them for today Protect me, I rest in your care. Your eyes will watch over me, your love will forgive me. And when I am faltering, I still will find you
Father in heaven, we thank thee tonight for thy presence with us. We thank thee, Lord, this is a place where we have the singing of the praise of the Lord our God. And we thank thee, our Father, that the fact that we're at where we are just now is by the grace of God. O God, thou hast done for us that which we could never have expected. But Lord, thou art good, and thou hast blessed us. We ask the Lord to bless the students tonight. We thank thee for them. We thank thee, Lord, for the gift of each one of them for their homes. And we thank the Lord for their growth. And in the case of many, their growth in the grace of the Lord our God. We ask thee, our Father, that thou would bless each student as they head now towards the next stage in grade number nine. We ask thee, Lord, that thou would Give them a real desire to know thee and to walk with thee and to go through uh, this world uh, in the hand of the Lord. So we commend them to thee and we pray that thou would bless, Lord, not just the great eights, but our whole school. And we pray, Father, that many young people will come to know the Lord Jesus uh, through the faithful ministry of thy servants. Bless, Lord, the teachers. We thank thee for them and for their dedication. We know, Lord, there are other places where they could uh, do better uh, financially, but our Father, we thank Thee that Thou hast called them to dedicate themselves to the Lord, and we pray, our Father, that Thou would give them the joy of seeing many of these young people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. So we commend them to Thee, and we pray that thou will bless both the students and the parents and also the staff. And Father, we pray that our school will always be a school of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we commend all to thee. We thank thee for thy presence. We thank thee 
uh, for thy word and the challenge. And we pray, O God, that thou would bury it deep in the heart of every young person. And may they hear the word of the Lord, for thou hast said, My son, my daughter, give me thine heart. Hear this our prayer and bless us now as we go our separate ways. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.